reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 30. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the very last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully in his heart has already committed adultery with her. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. These are the very words of the living God. Good morning, Marymont. Man, you guys are lively. Wow. Oh, man. I'm sorry. My long, long, my long time high school, elementary school friend is sitting out there. And that is a blessing to me. Lannis Timmons. Oh, my God. Thank you, brother. Thank you. My son and his family's over here. My wife is here. We call her Miss Kim. She's a retired investigator for the Cincinnati Police Department. She showed up with her daughter. That's really a blessing, man. That's awesome. Man, you, hmm. So, Katie mentioned it, love, man. You, that's love. That's, that's awesome. So, you, are, you guys understand that being here today is not a religious exercise. We understand that, right? It's not just, you know, you, you check in the box for the week. I went to church, now I'm good, now I can get on with my life. You understand that that is not this. This is a place where we learn and we grow in Christ so that Christ can improve our lives, so he can make us into what it is he called us to be. So never think that you're simply, I'm going to church. No, you're coming into the house of the Lord to be renewed, to be refreshed, to be equipped, to go out and face that nasty world as it faces you every day. That's why we're here. Amen. Amen. Give God a place. So we're going to talk about kingdom heart. And we're dealing with scriptures, Matthew 5, 21 through 30. And we're going to start with Matthew 5, 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder and anyone you murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to the judgment. 
But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to the judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrins. But anyone who says you fool will be in danger of hell's fire. So you guys know God is, I've been created by God. I'm just a teacher by nature. My wife will tell you I want to teach and instruct everything. So we're going to teach a little bit today too this morning. So I got some definitions. So we look at the definition for murder. To slaughter, the crime of, of unlawfully killing a person, especially with malice or forethought, to spoil or ruin something, to put an end to. Raka. It means to have to be empty-headed, to be empty, empty intelligently rather than morally. A fool, you know, we call fools fools all the time, and Jesus is like, that's going to send you to hell. That's what he said. Worthless, silly. Stop calling our kids fools. Moral reprobate. Wicked person. When we call someone a fool, those are the things that we're calling them. Then he says, when we do that, there's a judgment. The final judgment, damnation, a separation. So judgment, a separation, what's that separation? That's a separation from God. Sundering, sentence from. We can not only murder someone, but we can kill their character. We can kill their careers. We can destroy their families. We can even put an end to their desire to live. These actions are driven by anger that rests within our hearts. Every one of us. Anger. Hmm. A strong feeling of being upset or annoyed because of something wrong or bad. The feeling that makes someone want to hurt another. Anger, the strongest of all passions. Mike, for the last time, man, I'm telling you, don't ever do it again, Mike. You hurt me. And I'm angry. Clenched fists, raised voice. Heart pounding. Anger. Jesus says it's worse than murder. Think about that. Anger is worse than murder. And where does it come from? Our hearts. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked. Matthew 5, 20 through through 26. Heart condition. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. 
We have a communion, communion today. This is where we partake of, 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 of Christ, symbolically. You got an art with your brother. Matter of fact, it says if your brother has an art with you, you don't even have an art with him. They have an art with you. The Bible says we need to go and reconcile. Leave your gifts, leave the money you bring in, your offering, the communion, leave all of that. And go reconcile with your brother and your sister. That's what the word is saying. This is an outward action. So it causes us to be exposed. We are not able to hide behind our Sunday morning smile. Good morning, brother. How you doing? Good morning. Good to see you. Toe up on the inside. Good morning, brother. God bless you this morning, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you. May God have a blessing on your life this morning. Good morning, sister. Hatred in my heart. Anger in my heart. Filth in my heart. But I got that Sunday morning smile. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This is a challenge to our pride, our pride, our ego, which comes out of our filthy flesh. Jesus compares murder to being angry with your brother or your sister. He compares murder and anger. And it's the same results, the judgment of God's. Have you ever become so angry that you thought about hurting someone or committing murder? It's the last time you were angry. The Bible says, be angry but sin not. Go to bed angry, wake up angry, go to work angry. Angry all day at work, angry all day at school, angry all day in college, just angry, angry, angry. Anger violates God's law that we are to love. Matthew 5, 27 through 30. This is another hard one. You have heard that it was said. You have heard the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were telling you this. Do not commit adultery. But Jesus comes and he takes it a step farther. He says, but I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's already happened. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. Now, see. First thing we want to do is read that and take it literally. Start gouging our eyes out, walking around with a bunch of one-eyed Christians. <laughs> Can only see half the truth. We didn't gouge our eye out, threw it on the ground. Ah! But what he's literally saying is that, that offense. That's how we have to treat that offense. And I'll tell you why we have to treat it that way. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body go into hell. He's telling us. Okay. So So it's better for you to lose one part of your body 
for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Cut it off, just throw it, throw it in the garbage, put it in the garbage can, put it in the dumpster. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. That's that offense. That's that thing that we hold on to, that we hide, that we covet it. That's what he's talking about. Throw it away. As opposed to our entire bodies going to hell. Adultery is an act of is an act out of our flesh. It is an act out of our flesh. A selfish act. Adultery is a byproduct of lust. So what is lust? A strong feeling of sexual desire. A strong desire for something. A personal inclination. It's a wish, and it's intense longing, a craving to have, an intense desire or need. Now notice, he talked about sex in here, but he also talks about other things. Longing for something, craving for something, having a desire for something. And we all have them. Yeah, we do. I know we dressed up on Sunday morning looking good, smelling good, but we all have them. We struggle each and every day. Lust affects both men and women and is designed by Satan to destroy us and our families. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job, and he does it well. These are some of the things that stimulate the lust within our hearts. Let's look at some of them. Let's look at magazines. You look at magazines today and you see the, some of the photos in there of, of women. It, it's soft porn. Bra and panties, that's it. And if you're struggling with pornography, it's going to take you right there. TV commercials. Why do you use sex to sell a car? What's sexy about a car? Really? Think about it. What's sexy about it? Nothing. It's designed to get us to and from. That's it. Our home. Oh, our homes. See, we don't think, we don't consider these things as being lust, but they are because they take the place of God in our minds. So we're always striving to achieve. I want the biggest house. I want the prettiest lawn. I want the best furniture. I want the best family room. I want a room so, family room so large it'll hold 200 people lusting after. So we work day and night to accomplish it. That's lust. Corporate positions. I want to be the CEO. If I got to step on your neck, if I got to lie on you, if I have to cheat, whatever I got to do to get there, I'm going to get there. I want to be on top. I want to be the man. I want to be the woman. I want to run it. And all that time, we're spending all that time striving. No relationship with the Lord. Don't read the word. Don't pray. Don't study. Don't go to church. Come to church every blue moon. Come to church. You'd be like, 
Are you a member here? You've been going here 15 years. <laughs> romance novels. Hmm, romance novels. You know, you night, a day like this, crawl up in, the, in your blanket on the sofa, get your romance novel, crack it over, you're reading about Billy Bob. <laughs> Billy Bob is, is a 10 in physique, is a 10 in stature, is a 10 in communication. He's, he's just a 10. You fall asleep with Billy Bob on your mind. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then you wake up and look over, and it's your husband. It's not Billy Bob. <laughs> Be careful. Lust. Movies. You watch them, it's a good movie. All of a sudden, it's a sex scene. I'm like, really? Right here on, in this part of the movie, you're going to do that. Because the devil, he runs the airwaves. He's going to create anything he can to distract us from where it is we are to be and where we are going. Ooh, money. Mm. Some folks work so much, all they do is work. Never home, never being a parent, never being a father, but I got to go get the money. Then you end in divorce. That's the devil's plan. God provides every need and guess what? Every want. I guarantee you there's not a person in here that is not wanting. That is wanting. Because he's provided everything you need. Everything. But you know in America we just, we live in abundance. So if I got five suits I need ten suits. Women, if you got 30 pairs of shoes, you need 50. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. It's the truth. Social status. I have to be a member of this country club. I have to. I have to be a member of this social setting. I have to. Then you strive for it. You, everything you do is geared towards getting there. That's lust. Then the big one. That's really attacking the church. And I don't have it listed there because I didn't want you to run out when I started talking about it. So I didn't put it up there. I wrote it down right here. Pornography. Pornography. When you open that magazine and you look at that woman and you open that magazine and you look at that man and you fantasize in your mind, then you lay down with your husband and your wife. And that person is in your mind. Jesus said when you look upon her. So once you look upon her, you formulate in your mind what you want to do to her or him. It's the same way with pornography. You formulate in your mind what you want to do to that individual, but you do it to your husband and your wife. Hmm. Hmm. And here comes the devil. Knocking at the door. Attacking the home. Attacking the kids. Attacking your marriage. These are doorways. Lust is a huge doorway. Pornography is a huge doorway. We got to close it. And don't worry, God. I got to answer on how we're going to close it. Don't worry. God got you. Relax. God's got you. You're in the right place at the right time, in the right season. It's okay to laugh, right? It's okay to laugh.
It's okay to laugh. It's hilarious. But that's how God, when, he's, when his wife smacked him in the face with that purse, that's how God feels when we operate in lust and we operate in anger and we separate ourselves from him because this condition that is in our hearts and he wants to do open heart surgery. But we're afraid because we're going to be exposed. But guess what? Newsflash. God already knows. He already knows. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. Unforgiveness, anger, and lust are conditions of our heart. They function out of our flesh. It is a spiritual battle every single day. So guess what? What happens if your spiritual man is not nourished? What happens? He's defeated. Your spiritual man is defeated. And some of our spiritual men are on life support. Our spiritual men are like, give me the word at least once a week. I need to feed. I need to eat. But oftentimes, we're too busy feeding our flesh. And the Bible says that we cannot please God in our flesh. Those who live according to the sinful nature, which is our flesh, have their minds set on what that nature desires. Our flesh desires to be fed. Who remembers the uh, movie Little Shops of Horror? Raise your hand. You guys need to see that movie. That's a good movie. It's an old movie. It's a classic. But it was an alien plant and it had to be fed. What did they feed it? They fed it blood, human beings. That's our flesh. Our flesh has to be fed filth. Our flesh has to be fed filth. Filth to stay healthy. But the Bible says, I'm going to finish reading, that we can't please God in our flesh. Nothing in our flesh that we do pleases God. Nothing. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of a simple man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Who wants peace? Oh, everybody don't want peace? Oh, only a few of you guys want peace? Nobody? I need to see every hand up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because I live the life of sin and no peace. It is no fun. It is no fun. Always looking over your shoulder, afraid to go home, hiding your phone, sneaking around, creeping. Come on. Ain't no peace in that. But that was my flesh because that flesh loved that filth. But 
But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It don't like God. Don't like nothing about God. That's why when you're out there creeping and, and tipping and you get busted, you get mad. Because it's hostile to the truth. Darkness loves darkness and light loves light. But darkness cannot comprehend light. I can cut every light off in this building and light a match and it would light the entire room. That's what it should be like when we walk into place because we are light. We are light unto the earth. We are light in a dark place. But how do you know if you ain't reading the Bible? Listen to this. Talking about the, the, the flesh, the sinful man. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Wow. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. This is why we need a heart transplant spiritually. Jesus does a deep surgery in these areas as we invite him in to examine and transform our lives. Invite him in. We have to invite him in. We have to say, okay, God, I am so tired of living the way I've been living. I am so tired of this hidden sin. I want you to take it out. And the Holy Ghost will come in and remove that fleshly heart and give you a heart that's pliable, a heart that God can mold and shape into what it is he wants it to be. I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness to the transforming power of Jesus Christ. The fact that I'm in an all-white church is a living witness to the power of Christ. This brother tell you, only God could do this. To stand before you speaking, only God can do this. Never former training in anything. I never went to a um, seminary. But when we allow Christ to come in, to tear out that old man, to get rid of that filth that is in us, and let him shape and mold us and use the gifts that he put in us from birth. It's been in you since birth. But the devil is a liar. God is truth. We are his kingdom. And we have been placed here to establish his kingdom. Whatever the lie, lie the enemy is telling you young people, guess what? That's what he does. He the father of lies. He created lies. He can't. The truth ain't any. Each and every day, we must allow Jesus through the Bible to perform surgery on our hearts. Because when you open this word and you begin to read stuff, you be like, "Ooh, ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't live like that. Ooh, ooh, that that that's me." And then. You have somebody like your, like my wife. Anytime your wife wake you up at three o'clock in the morning and say, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, the married men are laughing. Y'all know. <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is serious. 
This is something I got to take to God. I can't do this. This one here, I can't do, baby. I'm just letting you know I got to go to God. He's the only one can fix that thing you point out in me. Because, you know, our, our spouses are our mirrors. They're who God placed in our lives to transform us into what it is he's called us to be. So stop getting angry when your spouse points out that filth in you. Because my wife points out that filth in me. I'd be like, man, I'd be walking around the house like, oh, Lord, woe is me. But you know what? I go to the Lord. Say, God, change it. I don't want that. Take that out, God. I have no desire to hold on to that. Go ahead, Steve. A kingdom heart, what does it look like as it relates to anger, lust, and unforgiveness or forgiveness? What does it look like? What does the kingdom heart look like? And so how do you, how do you find out what that kingdom heart looks like? You got to get in the word of God. Because what was amazing to, to, with Jesus and the things that he did, he spoke opposite of everything. They say don't commit, they said don't, don't commit, uh, adultery. Jesus said when you looked on that woman, you committed adultery. They say don't forgive. Jesus said forgive 70 times 7. They, they say when somebody hits you, slap you on the cheek, slap them back. Jesus said no, turn the other cheek. Opposite. We are to be opposite of the world. That's why I have an issue sometimes when I see the world creeping into the church to try and draw young people. How are you going to use the world to draw young people to the church? You say, what does that look like? Music? Certain programming? No, you give the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ still works. It has never lost its power. Folks are still coming to, to into salvation and being baptized to Jesus. It hasn't lost its power. But we, we the church, we think we got to come up with these fancy ideas. When all we got to do is preach the gospel. Because the truth does two things. It will either draw you to it or run you from it. Those are the two things that the truth does. So when a young person comes in and they hear the truth, they're either going to run and leave or they're going to say, oh, I need some more of that. I need some more of that. A kingdom heart is full of love, which can only come with heart surgery through a deeper relationship with Jesus. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man comes to the father except through me. And right now the devil is trying to sell a bill of goods that you can, you can get to God anyway. It's a whole lot of ways to get to God. What I follow and what I read said is only one way. And he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. But it requires a submission from us. To want to get rid of that old, filthy, nasty flesh and allow God to begin to build up our spirit man. Our spirit man should be walking around with muscles popping out everywhere. 
and our flesh should be on life support. So we have to flip that thing because the world is pulling at us every day. Let's keep it 100. Every day he's trying, Satan is trying to pull us in with every scheme imaginable. Using our children, using our spouses, using people. We say, oh, he was my friend. She was my friend. Why would they do that to me? Because you got to understand something that is spiritual. We keep looking at everything in the natural. There's a whole realm out there that we can't see that is at work. God is a spirit. And so if he's a spirit and we are made in his image and likeness, we have his spirit in us. But guess what? Satan was in heaven. Satan is also a spirit. So it's that war every day. So I told him in the first say, I don't mean to gross you out. But I think it's important. First, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. All right, Dave. So I'm, it's important that you begin to develop that relationship. So one thing that you can do to get you started, take baby steps. First thing I did, I downloaded um, my de- your, your daily bread on my cell phone. Every morning I got up, I'd read a daily bread every single morning. Then I moved to, oh, okay, well, let me read some some Bible scriptures. So I added Bible scriptures to that. I said, well, then why why don't I end this all in prayer? And so I started praying after that session. And what you know what developed? A devotion. In the morning, now this is the part I'm talking about, I might grow some of y'all out. I go in the most secure place in our home. The bathroom. You guys laughing. Nobody, unless you got young kids, no one disturbs you in the bathroom. Let's just keep it 100. I get in that bathroom, I close that door, and I have my time with God. Then when I get up and go out and face the world, I'm ready to face the world. Because my spirit man is feeling like this. And my flesh man is feeling like this. And that's what we have to strive for. So I have a question for you. What is your I will statement to Jesus for the week? Can we get the uh, worship team to come in, please? And uh, I don't know if we have any prayer teams available, but if we do, could we have prayer teams come forward or anyone that would want to? Okay, good. So what is your I will statement to Jesus for the week? And so you know what this is, right? This is call and response. You know, that's what they do in the black church, call and response. Preacher be preaching and the folks say, preach, preacher, preach the word. Amen. Well, y'all don't do that, but we're going to do something a little different. <laughs> but it's called a response, right? So I need you to tell everyone what is your I will statement for the week. And my I will statement I shared in the first service is that I will guard my ear gate. Come on now, because our ear gate for men, that's where it happens. But you women, y'all, y'all say, well, you know, I can see stuff. But let a joker whisper something in your ear you ain't heard before. Boy, you fine. Man, you, you're a beautiful woman. Yeah, uh-huh. And you're hearing that every day at work. And your husband ain't telling you nothing. Don't tell me what it is. I know what it does. So I need your I will statements. Praise God. Praise God. See, that's powerful because guess what he just did? He just put, this, put the, uh, the devil on notice. That you ain't going to be controlling me in my house no more. 
The Holy Ghost is controlling my home now. That's what he just did. Look, when God created, what did he do? He spoke everything into existence. There's power in words, and the devil hears that word. The devil takes, oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Oh. So now the devil knows what he's dealing with. He ain't only dealing with this problem. He's also dealing with the spirit that's operating in him. Come on, somebody else. I know y'all want to go home. Y'all better come on. I will react with love when he's attacking me, especially if you're my wife. Mm. You, you notice how this thing, so I may as well do it too. That light hot. I will, I will react in, with more love and compassion when I communicate with my wife. Come on, at least two more. Yes, ma'am. Speak up. Amen. Man, that's the power we got, y'all. We really do. We don't realize it. We got so much power. Somebody else. One more person. Where we at? Come on. There you come on now. Now I'll tell you what Lissa said in the first service, and I love her honesty. She said, I will try to read the Bible every day. Because when we say, I will read the Bible every day and we miss a day, oh man, I miss reading the day. Oh, but if you just say, I will try, that's awesome. God bless you all and thank you. Honor.